Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. I'm your host, Dr. Selena. This is a podcast exploring all of the ways that change impacts us at work, our organizations, our teams, our projects, our customers, and more. Glad you joined us. In episode 14, I referred to the challenges of communication at work, especially during change, much like the game of telephone that many of us played as eight-year-olds at birthday parties. I also mentioned a phrase for this episode. I called upon our memories back to a time that actually I would rather forget for myself. In episode 13, I referenced that there are also days where I feel like the workplace is really just an advanced form of the junior high cafeteria. Squabbles and assumptions, perceptions and mean people. I won't need to issue a trigger warning for this episode, but just consider it for a moment. We know that in this life, some people are just more driven, they are more fueled, they are encouraged by drama. We've heard the word drama referenced in relationship to people behavior that suggests someone is prone to theatrics. Now, I love good theater. And my opinion, this is not the good kind of theatrics. They gain energy from emotion of a situation. They have difficulty or choose not to self-regulate it and minimize its impact on their perception of the situation. Drama feels like drama. Drama feeds drama. Emotion feeds it if we let it. And as long as we tell the story, like in a play, repeating a scene over and over and over, the emotion continues. For example, I'm going to pick one of you listening into this episode. If I vent to you and I say something like, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today, and you're going to be a really good colleague and uh, uh, team member, and you're going to be a great listener, and you are going to let me get it out, and you're going to take it in, and I'm going to get to the end of my vent, and you're going to say, Selena, what would you like to do now? And you would have received it as a good listener. You understand I needed to get it off my chest. And thank you for being a good coworker. Yet, if I go to someone else, someone else listening to this episode today, and instead I go to the next person and I say, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today. And you also could be a good coworker, like our colleague over there was. You could listen to me. And yet, maybe you push back on me a little bit. Okay, Selena, this has happened before. What do you want to do with it? And you give me some good pushback to say, okay, this happened. What's your next step? But you let me get it out. You let me vent it. Now, thank you for both of you for being that good coworker. But I'm going to look for somebody else. I want somebody else who is listening today to be my third coworker in this scenario. And for that scenario, I'm going to go to you and I'm going to say, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today. It could be hours. It could be days. It could be even weeks later. And I'm still stuck on that topic. And we could have a little more fun with this, a little like Thelma and Louise in the movie going off the cliff. Because once I come to you and say, you wouldn't believe what happened, you know what you do? 
You look at me and go, I know, it happened to me too. And right there, we take a little bit of drive over the edge. That is the reason why in customer service for years, we have taught, if you have an upset customer, you gotta talk them down before you can problem solve. So we know that there is a physiological need to vent. We know that when some of those centers in the brain are all queued up with that emotion, we have to have that release. We have to be able to do something with it. What I want you to consider in this no drama episode is that there is a difference between venting and stirring the pot. If I come to you and vent in a healthy way and you listen, or I come to you and I vent in a healthy way and you give me feedback or steps or help me solve it because I gave you some clues that said, hey, I need your help with this. But there is a point at which my venting becomes stirring up emotion for other people. So now I go into that third person and get them all riled up and they've had the experience before. And now we've got way more drama than solutions. So let's bring it back to change at work. Change is something that is different than it was before. Change management we've explored throughout this podcast is the process of adjusting to that change before the change is rolled out, during the change, and after or how we sustain it. Change itself itself evokes a response or reaction, what we think, what we feel, and what we do as as a result of that new altered state. We all need safe places to vent. We need those spaces to be able to get that emotion out as we work through that process. In organizations, I want to make sure that especially in leadership roles, we can vent sideways, we can vent up if we have the relationship with a senior leader. We should never be venting out to our teams, to our customers, to other third parties. What we know is we process that information we've taken in. This is going to be different than that. Here is a change. We process it from taking it in through our senses to filtering it through our perceptions to thinking, using our cognitive processes about how we use that information to the behavior or the results it produces. Whew. That is one heck of a gauntlet, every single thought. And, you know, if you have a squirrel brain like mine, that's multiple squirrels running at any given time, every time something happens to us. So consider that emotional gauntlet while we process it. How do we feel about it? What impact does it have on us? Will it make our job easier, harder? Do we know the why? Have we had input? We evaluate it. And like a gauntlet, we leap, duck, swing, climb, and grab the next monkey bar through that gauntlet of how do I feel about this and what do I do with it? Today, I want us to focus for a few minutes on not feeding the drama. Don't use the very precious energy that you have to Focus on just maneuvering through the gauntlet. Feel it, understand it, and decide what to do with it. 
I wish I'd known a little bit more about this in junior high school. I remember the mean girls. I remember the people who felt so self-entitled that they could isolate anyone else in that cafeteria with a look or a turn. Now I can also see as an adult that there were likely their own insecurities going on. They had their own set of issues. They just wore them differently than the rest of us. On my hard days, I feel like we are still in that cafeteria, dealing with bullies, dealing with self-absorbed, self-centered people who it is all about them, and dealing with those who have decided in this life to be unkind or hate-filled to others. You know, I, I chose in my youth to be a bridge builder, to engage with people from all different lunch tables. And I am so grateful that that was taught to me, that I was able to adopt that mindset. And I've learned a lot along the way. It's not been perfect and I still struggle some days, but I happen to think we're better when we sit and learn and listen to different people at different lunch tables, to see them, honor them, support them. But for those who do not treat other people well, for those who spin up the rumors or are energized by hurting others or making fun of the hurts of others, I saw them, but I refused to give them space. I refused to fuel them at 12 or age 14 or 16, they could hurt me very differently than they do now. Yep. Did I always take the high road? Nope. Were there some days that was way more painful than others when I felt left out, excluded, taunted, belittled? Yep. But I learned from them and it's taken me some years to understand how that shaped me and my view on this world. I used that learning to decide who I am, where I put my focus, and where I put my energy. I learned it as a kid, and I'm especially grateful for my dad, who's no longer with us, but had a significant influence on how I viewed the mean people of the world. Those who would rev up the drama, try to hurt others to make themselves feel better, And it's because of his influence, I still choose to see the quiet ones, to see the left out people, to see even the rebels for who and what they do bring to us, to help us see things from a different perspective, to see each one of you for who you are, what you offer, and how in so many amazing ways we are better together. We have tried to learn that as adults in all of our various types of organizations, whether they're civic groups, whether they're faith-based organizations, whether it's an employment setting. We've understood that with diverse teams, we can do this better. That we can engage our eccentricities, our unique perspectives, talents, and strengths. It doesn't mean we don't irritate each other some days. And while it was harder to see this as kids, we now know better as adults. 
we can do better as adults at work. And at the risk of sounding grandiose, I think we could do a lot better in this world too. Today, use this moment not to feed the drama. Take a deep breath. Look at it for what it is. Choose not to fuel it. Even if you don't mean to intentionally be clearer about how you engage around it, the emotion's going to be there. The cafeteria and its tables and its all the people are going to be there. In this adult journey, we get to choose how we show up in that. So for today, in this episode, for this 15 minutes or so, wherever you are right now at your desk, in your car, three things. Here are three things you can do in the now. Number one, choose. You represent your own brand, your work, and who you are as a person every day. Maybe you've been clear on that. Maybe there is just one person, one client, a project that pushes all of your hot buttons. It puts you more at risk for spinning up on emotion and allowing it to cloud your judgment, actions, and potentially your brand. Choose to watch it. Learn from it, manage it, deal with the emotion it has created in you. It's only taken me about 51 years to learn that, and I'm still a work in progress. Run, walk, do yoga, hit a punching bag, shake it off, journal on it, do something to work through that emotion, but do not feed the drama. Number two, watch for it. It's amazing that when you raise your awareness to the level you can watch other people grow, go through things, and maybe I guess my only, the only visual I keep coming up with this is some sort of out-of-body experience where you observe it, you take it all in, you soak it up, you watch it like a movie reel rolling clips by, put it in its place. Does the drama behavior impact you? Does this impact something you care about? If it doesn't, let it be. If it's having harmful impact on someone else and you are have the power and opportunity to help make it better, do that. If it does impact you or you see the potential that it will impact you or someone you care about, look for ways to bring clarity, facts, evidence, data, even multiple perspectives to work through the drama upheaval. Remember, choosing your timing is important. If someone is spinning high in those emotion centers, they can't logically think through the steps to solve it. Because again, when that emotion center is all queued up, it chemically cuts off some very important communication to other parts of our brain that allow us to logically think through it. It's why we have to vent. It's why we have to work through that emotion in order to problem solve. Number three, release what you can't control. I have spent a lot of years hanging on to things I cannot control, I cannot change, I can't go back and do differently. Anyone else listening today feel that same way? 
Can you name some items that you have carried with you way too long? That person's drama is not mine. It may impact me. It may impact things or people that I care about, but they are the ones who have to want to change. They have to want to be a better person and I cannot do that for them. For those of you out there who love to fix, who love to solve issues, I've also had to learn that this is one we cannot. I can protect, I can limit, I can release, I can't change them. I can influence, I can share, I can deliver difficult feedback. However, it is up to them, and frankly, I'm done giving them that much control. Today, I want you to consider how you can step away, observe, learn from, and realize where that drama is, how much of it you want, and what needs to be set aside. I want you to be able to seek higher ground. I want you to take the proverbial high road, not low road. I want you known for good things. And I want you known for being the ongoing learning version of the best you can be. At work, there will be plenty of challenges. There will always be those kids in the cafeteria who didn't influence others well, who were mean, who were mean-spirited, who lived on drama, and they grew up. Maybe they've changed, maybe they haven't. At work, take the high road. At home, take the high road. There are too many other people who would love your company on that lower road to join them in their mean, self-absorbing, energy-draining, and even hate-filled journey. You don't need to join them there. Choose to pick your own table and invite others who want to keep your company. Until next time, take care.